You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 239 of East St. favorite podcast. Jeremiah Morrill here. On my left is uh, my forever co-host, Dakota Davis. On my right, our executive video producer, audio engineer, and gaming expert, Zachary Burcham. What's up, Dakota? Today's episode features the legendary author, Mr. ZB Lee. Can I just call you Zach? Yeah, that's fine. All right, Mr. Zach. I don't know. It's kind of confusing. (laughs) Zach is. uh, This is your a return episode for you. You've been on a couple times. Yep. Right. This is your third Third. time in here, but first time with the pen name. That's right. This is the. uh, We're going to be talking to Zach about his debut novel called Magicians of Isvar. 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 Okay, man. I knew I was going to pronounce it wrong. You know, I was so close. Guys. We talked about it in the chat, like before we were planning, and I knew, I just knew I was. If you had just gone like magicians of Spiceland, we <laughs> we could have. He's we, trying we, to we, reach yeah. a global audience. Uh, well, I, yeah, but that all there's only one Spiceland in the world. That's what they talk about. And so we're going to be talking to Zach about the book, his inspiration for the book, what the uh, process of publishing it was like, um, just the the creative process that goes into all of it, and also we're going to be talking to you guys about some updates in the county council and county commissioner's races in uh, Henry County, Indiana. Uh, Jeremiah's going to do his best um, his best CNN impression and <laughs> just try to not give you any fake news. No, I was going to say, Only we're going to give you nothing but the facts. Um, all right. This, uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. Hopefully, you'll always learn something new. Maybe today we'll inspire you to be an author. Uh, also, just, I was uh, I was going to say Walter Cron- Cronkite, but I couldn't remember his name, so I had to switch it up really fast. And CNN was the first thing. <laughs> In case you thought that was a little odd, Walter Cronkite odd. spent a lot of time um, reporting on the blizzard of '78. I believe it's been a long mm. time ago, Dakota. Yeah, <laughs> we always hear about it every year. So it's always forty years ago too. It's been forty <laughs> years ago my whole life. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> I, it, I don't have that many fingers and toes to count up how long ago it was. Ancient history now at this point. All right. So we we did just do the Patreon. We have to say thank you to some folks. Uh, Christy Avery, the incredible, awesome Norwex master, Christy Avery. Jonathan Phillips of Andy Moore Buick GMC in Fishers, Indiana. He's uh, I got to see Jonathan this week. We uh, we swapped bourbon. We did our bourbon little thing last week, and then I was able to acquire a little bottle of uh green weller for uh for, Ooh, for jonathan nice. special reserve and uh he we he, he's able to pick it up on uh, on tuesday night so i got to see him and then of course anthony meyer's out there delivering uh delivering groceries all across the world uh keeping keeping things going are you a bourbon drinker zach uh yeah sometimes sometimes are you a bourbon snob or just a bourbon drinker just a bourbon drinker okay yeah i don't know i i, I don't drink it enough to be a snob i guess yeah, I think I started it getting into like trying to be a little bit more knowledgeable about it, but then it became a thing. I 
I did the same thing with craft beer and I didn't want to do that again I, because it gets in the way of just the pure enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to drink something and be like, this tastes good. And that's it. What did you just put in front of me, Jeremiah? The awesome, incredible, fantastic Carrie Barrett came walking in the door about 20 minutes before you got here. Mm-hmm. And she listened last week. Oh, I want you to open up, open up your present. <laughs> <laughs> I told Carrie, I said, you're our one fan. She's like, no, no, no. Zach was watching last week. Too, and I was like, I was like, we're going to like, Zach's coming on next week. It's going to be a much different episode, much more professional talking about his book. But here we are. Got a little tipsy with uh, Aaron Dickon. So we received our, they are, these are custom made wow. glasses that, uh, that are for us and the, uh, and the sheriff's candidates. Uh, if when they when they come on, it's it's because <laughs> for the bicentennial, the Bi- the Henry County Bicentennial Committee had some had some mugs made up, some uh, some bourbon glasses made up for us, and they say weird flex, but okay, Henry County Bicentennial twenty twenty two. I love that. That's so funny. Carrie Barrett's one of my favorite people in the whole world, and this just reinforces that. I love that. So That's in the hilarious. course of a week, Carrie Carrie had these commissioned, had them, and and here they are. You know, I have a lot of pretentious glassware, <laughs> but I think that that's my new favorite. It's your, it's it's beautiful, and they're fantastic glasses too. So. Um, that's uh, that's us, the Henry County Bicentennial 2022 commemorative bourbon glasses. Weird flex, but okay. So thank you to uh, to the. I, I assume that she's only acting. Carrie's got a thousand hats and she's incredible and awesome. But thank you to the Henry County 200 uh, committee. They are going to be doing the, as we talked about last week, uh, they've got in June, they've got the big day, the fun run through all of the townships. And most, I, I listened to the commissioner's meeting. Uh, if I, I want to quote Scott Frost correctly, he's also on this committee. They're going to run through all of the townships and most of our major cities. I don't know how many major cities we have, but they're going to run through most of our major cities. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Aaron, Aaron Dickin, you're going to, you're, I know you're in the chat as well. You're going to be, uh, you'll be getting one of these as well for cert, for sure. And, uh, any other candidates that are coming through? I don't know. I, uh, then, and I know that, uh, I know that Nate Lamar is involved and she said that he wrote his own press releases, but we'll give him some airtime here. Nate is helping organize this thing, but they are looking for able-bodied folks that can run a nine minute or less mile. So if you are in condition to run a nine minute or less mile, how many of those miles? I think they're going to, it's a relay. So I maybe one or two. I don't know. I don't think they need you to run the whole county. If it's more than one, I'm out, but I could (laughs) run under nine minute for one mile. Yeah. Maybe not outside. I've never ran it. They, right. They're going to run through in this day. They're going to run through every township in Henry County. And mm-hmm. then by the, when you're done panting at the end, that's when the time capsule gets opened up. Uh, and then get, later in the month, how funny buried. would it be if they were like nine minute mile or less guys, please. And then I signed up <laughs> and did like a 18 minute mile. And they're like, where's Dakota? And the I'm whole like, entire thing is delayed because Dakota like, couldn't do a nine minute mile. And like carries the car next to you talking trash. <laughs> yeah. And they, just, and they take their things and take whatever you're carrying from you and just be like, you're not worthy and just like run you off the road. She's like, give me the glass. Takes back. your glass and smashes <laughs> it on Wilburite Road. Just it's yeah. in pieces. If she short- Learn your lesson, Dakota. If she's short of people, she can just grab Jeff. Yeah. Because I think if he's running on pavement and it's above 20 degrees below zero, I think Jeff's good for that. Jeff could do the whole county. He'd be done in like 13 minutes. Yeah, the whole thing. So he'd be from Knightstown to Newcastle and they'd be like, wow, uh, we have so much extra time. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how it turns out. All right. So the other big thing is that in the Patreon, we announced that the, uh, the magicians of 
Isavar. Isavar, the, there's a giveaway, and four of our lucky patrons mm-hmm. are going to be receiving this book in a giveaway. And through the magic of a, a, a 286 Pentium computer, uh, Zach has, has been loading names into the machine, and it's going to be spitting out the names of the winners. Is that accurate? Yes, I did not plan on doing this much typing here, but yeah, I got them all in there. <laughs> and we're uh, two of the people are going to be getting the OG, the the first edition, and then two people are going to be getting the updated version with the new cover. The right? alternate, it's not updated. It's not like this is old and one's new. Mm. And and they'll, I assume that for a small fee, they'll be autographed. I just always th- think like for free. If you, <laughs> if you want, uh, if you if you're getting a book, you know, if you're following an author and you want to get their next book. You always want to get the first edition because one day, you know, I might, Zach Lee might be doing a book signing at Books a Million and, you know, people are coming in and getting their books signed and you're going to come in and you're going to pop down a book and it's going to be the third edition. And you're going to go, oh, I and, didn't make any money on and that. And Zach's one. going to know, <laughs> Zach's going to know, he's going to look at you and you're going to know that he's looking at you knowing that you waited. You, there was something about it that you waited until the last minute to get a third edition. Jump on the bandwagon. So always get the first edition. All right, go ahead with our first winner. Is the first winner going to get the the OG cover? The art? first two, the first two winners will give out what we have, and then the next two winners will give out the uh, the others. Okay, is that fair? Do we, we agree good. to these terms. <laughs> <laughs> no purchase necessary. <laughs> There's purchase necessary. Okay, first winner. Mr. Chad Malicote. Oh, Chad Malicote. Chad Malicote. County Councilman Chad Malicote wins a book. All right. We're writing this down. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Councilman Malicote, by the way, for uh, for continuing to support the program. All right. Who's next? I'm waiting because it wasn't quite st- Jason Roberts. Jason Roberts. Very good. And these, uh, these next two are going to be the updated cover art. Oh, somebody's got to come over and confirm this, but it's Jared Bertram. <laughs> <laughs> Zach's brother. I can't handle delivery, though. I can, I can confirm. I'm looking over there. It, is, it does say Jared Bertram, although this feels very suspect. <laughs> but he does pay his bill every month, so it does count. And the last... I mean, it really creeps the last little bit. Jonathan Phillips. John Phillips. John all right. Phillips. Nice. Very good. Book four. What's up? What's going to be the main difference in the cover art? The The next one's the Chicago Bears edition. The, this is the Vikings uh, edition. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the update or the uh, not updated. The alternate cover is going to be um, like a lighter color and it's going to have a little bit of a different style to it. Oh, it's sure. going to be. Um, I expect it to be a little bit more, uh, I don't know if this is the right word, cartoony, um, but okay. not in a bad way, in a good way, hopefully. Gotcha. Um, so uh, I've only seen some rough sketches is of it. Is it the same artist? It's the same. It's the, it's a different artist, but it's the same company okay. that's doing gotcha. it. So cool. The old Minnesota folk. Yep. Uh, final, final piece of Patreon news here. If you jump on the website, there is a, uh, the link for the merch. Uh, you can get, uh, get the mugs, get the t-shirts, get all you possibly need out there. Uh, com. You can, and of course, if you want to get in the future giveaways and whatever else we have coming, the, uh, the show notes are delivered to you probably an hour and a half to two hours before the show, right in the uh, super secret at Facebook least. group. At least. Today, you got it like four o'clock. 
Yeah. Three hours in advance of the show. Is what that accurate, Mr. Bertram? Producer yes. Bertram? Not only is that accurate, but it actually arrived in the Patreon group moments before it was even <laughs> sent out to, to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got your official copy through the Patreon group before you got it in the, uh, in the group chat this week. Um, all right. Really quickly, because I want to spend I want to spend the majority of our time talking about Zach, and then I want to complain about the old boomers at the end. Uh, so I want I want to work this part pretty pretty briefly. Uh, last week we dedicated a, a quite a bit of our show on the uh, the Henry County uh, government races and what's out there, uh, and there have been some developments. Some new folks have uh, have jumped in, so we will uh, we'll talk about this now. the The filing deadline is still a week away, so anybody that wants to run for county office. Uh, or statewide office, hell, you want to run for Congress, you get the same date. It's it's noon on February 4th. So you have until then if you want to run as a Republican or a Democrat. So I still have a chance. You still have, you still <laughs> got time. Uh, the Northern District Commissioner for Henry County, it's the Ed Tarantino seat, uh, has two candidates filed now. Joey Cooper, who is the uh, one of the co-publishers of the Middletown uh, newspaper, uh, amongst other things. He's uh, he's out uh, of the Middletown area, obviously. And then uh, former... Highway Department Superintendent Joe Wiley has jumped in the race as well, uh, and uh, Joe's uh, Joe's a friend as well as uh, Joey. Joey's kids are in my 4-H cl- class, and uh, I grew up with Joe's kid. So Joe and Joey are running, and I know them all. It's awesome. It's a, uh, and I think they're going to be two really good candidates for the uh, for the Northern District. Uh, I know that Joe was uh, was getting some pictures taken. I think his daughter was taking some photos, and I said. Go get your boy Adam. He had all these golden retriever puppies. Everybody loves puppies. Get a bunch mm, of puppies to mm-hmm. gather together and put those in the billboard. Sure victory. We'll see what happens. If the puppies aren't up there, I can't assure success. Uh, County Council District 1. Uh, I think there were some folks talking about how there was going to be another candidate jumping in, uh, and that's happened. Uh, Jerry Williams, the uh, former Henry County Memorial Park Board member, has jumped in the Republican pri- Party primary, uh, challenging Ken and Gray. Who uh, I I'm hearing Kennan was elected the uh, president of the Henry County Council tonight as well. Yes. Uh, so breaking breaking news on that front. Uh, District two uh, incumbent Chad Malicote has uh, has filed uh, to run for reelection, and uh, Melanie Wright is challenging uh, that as a Democrat. So right now you get one R one D. Council District three, uh, Angela Mahaffey is uh, has filed. I believe she's from the Shenandoah part of the world. Another one of those where I know him through 4-H. I know her son through through Henry County 4-H years ago. Mm. Uh, that's currently the Peg Steffendel District. Nobody has filed yet at this point on the Republican side. Uh, Council District 4, which is the eastern half of Henry County. Uh, Susan Hoon currently has that seat. At this point, nobody has run for re-election. Uh, nobody's run at all. And Susan, I think, is talking like she might be running. But there's, uh, like I said, there's a week left for folks to get in that race. Uh, and then the uh, the final piece of news we have is that uh, Kyle Allen, the uh, the newcomer to Henry County politics, won the Clay Morgan seat in a Republican caucus. So mm-hmm. uh, I believe there were three names on there: Ed Yanos, Shannon Tom, and Kyle Allen. And Kyle uh, Kyle c- came on through. So we're looking forward to getting to know him. And uh, I think he's at his first county council meeting right now. There we go. So we'll you did a great we'll, job. We'll continue to track it, Dakota. Back to you, Bob. All right. Now let's get into the interesting stuff. What you all came here to listen to. Zach, okay, first of all, the first question is uh, on the book it says... ZB the first question, Ray. are you comfortable? Yeah. Do you need anything? No, I'm good. All right. I'm is this good. The, the bright lights are on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the The book cover says ZB Lee. Did, what, uh, what was like... Was that like a last minute thing? Or did you know from the beginning, like, I want to do it under a, under a different name? 
Yeah, I just, uh, <clears throat> honestly, I didn't think much about it. I just thought instead of, I, I thought it would, I don't know, maybe look better on the cover or something just to put my initials. It adds like, of, it's definitely, when you're talking about like a fantasy novel, then like ZB, like that definitely sounds way more appropriate for an author title than <laughs> Zach, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like. I think that you made the right choice. Yeah, I, I just went with the initials. I, I wasn't clever enough to come up with a with like a super secret pen name that uh, nobody yeah. would know who I was <laughs> or anything like it's, that. It's a real bitch promoting your show, <laughs> promoting it on, on a show when you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going to put the mask on now, and I'm yeah. Z-E-E, Lee. That doesn't work. I think, yeah. I think you made a good choice. Yeah, Just use my initials. So, so the magicians of... Isavar. It's a I haven't started reading it yet. I got my copy. But I'm in the middle of this novel called House of Leaves right now. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard like I almost kind of want to stop and just read your book and then get back into it cuz it's a difficult read. But I want to walk through like <clears throat> not give away a lot of it, but just some of the plot line like of because like obviously I read about it before I bought it, but it's a hero's journey type of tale where you have your main character whose name is a uh, Johan. Is that how you uh, pronounce it? I, I pronounce it Johan. Johan. And I have a reason for that, but we'll talk okay. about that. Is it uh, your son's name is Joseph, right? Joseph. Is yeah. that why it comes from there? Yeah. That's why I, I, I thought so. I thought I, I wanted to kind of pay homage to his name yeah, a little bit. Right on the make it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make it a little different. For sure. For sure. And so he goes on, uh, basically the hero's journey, um, conquers a chaotic force, and then, uh, at, and then we'll leave the end open, right? Mm-hmm. And where uh, have you been, like a, a kind of a, a fan of fantasy writing, uh, fantasy stories throughout your whole life, or is this something that you kind of picked up on later in adulthood? Uh. So this this is definitely something that has kind of been with me my whole life. Um, I ever since I was a kid, I wanted to write stories, and then I really got into like the fantasy genre uh, through Lord of the Rings. When I was eleven years old, my grandma bought me uh, the big, you know, all three books in one. Uh, oh, yeah. volume of Lord of the Rings when I, I think it was Christmas 2001. So it was 20 years ago <laughs> and I just, I fell in love with it and I loved Harry Potter. And actually I think the first book that I read technically that would fall under fantasy would be um, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe oh, yeah. CS Lewis. And so like, yeah, all the typical like classic fantasy stories are the ones that I, ones that I grew up with and the ones that I loved. And so, um, it's just something that I've always, uh, really enjoyed as, as, as far as entertainment, you know, whether it's books or movies, TV shows, all that stuff. So the, the storyline that's in this, is that something that you've had it just rattling around other than the fantasy thing, but the actual storyline that's in this book, is that something that's been with you since you were a kid? Um, I think so. I, I was always a kid that I would sit down and I would write stories in this little notebook um, and my parents probably, I don't know, they probably threw them all away, but they used to like get them and, and read them and see all these things that all these different stories that I would create. So consciously, I don't 
think so, but I'm sure that there is probably something in there. I know that some elements of the story, like some names and locations and things like that, are things that I've kind of pulled and maybe like formed from what I've tried to write in the past. Um, but as far as this specific storyline, uh, it's actually, it was actually fairly new to me within the last year or so the the specific storyline that this book follows is, oh, it, wow, is it a self-contained world or you know I, I typically when this kind of thing comes along you'll see additional books potentially come along after is it is it in a realm or a world where you can continue to build on it yeah yeah so right now i have uh for this story um you know i i have a series of four books planned for it, and they're all going to be, you know, you look at it, it's really not that thick. So it's not a, it's not a real difficult read. And it's a nice short book that it gives you a full story in and of itself, but it, it's going to have other stories that are going to be connected with it to kind of tell like an overarching story. So, uh, yeah. And then beyond that, I mean, I've had, I've had some ideas that I've kicked around for other series that I want to do in that in that world. Um, but right now I'm just kind of focused on, you know, this story because I've got it like plotted out and I have the whole thing planned. So like, I know pretty much what's going to happen. It's just, uh, right now it's just sitting down and, and writing it. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, one thing that I, I noticed like with your book and especially like if you go to your website, then you can kind of see more about the, about the book. I didn't link the website in the show notes. So what, that was a dumb mistake. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, you go to the website, then you can see um, like the list of the characters. I really, really like how you did this. Um, whereas you go to the website, you get a good picture of all of the, like the main characters, the side characters, and what you envision them as, how they look in your head. I love it when authors do things like that. You have a map of the world that uh, the novel takes place in, which is called uh, Articus. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's really neat. Like, um, whenever you're going through the process of writing this book and you're talking about Johan and um, all the other characters, is it like, do you kind of become connected with the character and like any kind of other image of them would seem like a bastardization of your, of your work. Is that, is, I feel like if I was writing a book, what I'm getting to is that I feel like it would be really important for me to also give out those details like you did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was the same company that does, that's doing the covers, um, did the character designs for me. And so, uh, when, when I talked to him, I, I told him, I, I was like, you know, I can draw a little bit, but not the way I'm going to want this to look. And so I reached out to them and I told them kind of uh, what I was thinking. And they were like, all right, just give us some, uh, some descriptions and things like that. And I went on like a Google doc and I started giving these descriptions and I almost felt ridiculous explaining it because it was so in detail, like, to the point where like what, what style pants and what color shirt and like, but I'm sure you've described it in the book as well because you're painting the picture so that you have to, you have to tell that to the illustrator to know what they're going to look like. Right. So, So, but even, but even with that, to get the illustration to look like I want it, it even went 
further. Like I'm like, Hey, I want him to have these shoes that, uh, uh, that look kind of like the uh, the the hey dudes that everybody wears, you know, the, the like uh, slip yeah. on. Yeah, I'm like, I want them to kind of look like that, but be a little, you know. And so I'm explaining using like modern terms, and obviously in the book, it's not it's not exactly like that. Um, so even that is a little bit more in depth, and I'm sure they had to be thinking this guy is nuts. This has to be all he thinks about. <laughs> ZBLee.com is the website. Yes, the way, yes, ZBLee.com. So you have there are six character six main characters that are uh, that are showing up on the website. Yeah, uh, four uh, four good guys and two of the main bad guys that they'll see. I'm going to guess that the, the 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 green shadowy figures. Yeah, yeah. the goblins. <laughs> yeah, and the um, and the world too, like the map. Is that was that in your head already? Like the whole layout of the map, or were you just kind of working with them and you're like? I need a map of the world and you know, there's going to be human cities and mm-hmm. you know, so there was a different company, a different art or uh, artist, I guess you would say uh, that I worked with on the map. And I went to basically what I did was originally I drew it myself. And I, when I do that, it's literally just random, whatever comes to my mind. My, I don't even know, like my hands moving and yeah, it just makes lines. And so I had a rough idea. And then I found this um, computer program where they do fantasy world maps. And so I used one of those and it, it looked good, but it's still like obvious that it was like kind of cheap looking. And so I was like, no, I want this to be legit. Like I, I want it to be something that, you know, you could, you could publish in a book and it's going to look good. So I went ahead and, shelled out the money for somebody else to draw it. And they did a great job on it. I, it was exactly everything that I imagined it to be and more. So the, it's pretty uh, perfect for a, like a fantasy mm-hmm. world. Do, do you remember the video game series quest for glory? It was a Sierra online. It's probably a little earlier for you, for you, Zach, you may, this may have an idea. It doesn't sound familiar. No, that's okay. I'm old. Um, <laughs> if you're if you're between 45 and 35 you're going yes i am aware um I, the characters are very similar to me uh in the in the feel and yeah. i think i think what you're yeah. what you're getting at um so that's at least that's where my brain is going because i don't spend a lot of time in this space yeah, there is an this old point. nintendo 64 game that me and my friend used to play and it had you know like trolls and uh, like and the all the magic stuff like that and i cannot for the life of me remember what it was called but we used to play that game all the time and so there were times when i was writing this in my head i was thinking of that game for certain is it oblivion scenes, so it, it it was kind of funny i don't morrowind maybe yeah, the uh, Quest for Glory, So You Want to Be a Hero was the original one that I was thinking of. That was, And it actually got remade a little bit later with some <laughs> some slightly more modern graphics. And then the very end, in the probably in the 2000 range, there was one called Dragonfire that was the end of the mm-hmm. line of that stuff. But um, yeah, this is, that's, that's the, 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 the bone that, it's, uh, that this is cracking on for me, just in, in, mm-hmm. in the nostalgia. It's very like you look at everything and it feels like it, it almost feels like youthful and exciting. Like you feel that way of whenever you were first uh, either reading 
or watching Lord of the Rings. Yes. Like you get that, you definitely get that nostalgic, youthful, like it, just excitement and wonderment about uh, the world that could be that we don't exist in. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but there was a wonder whenever you were a kid. Right. And that's exactly what I was, you know, uh, exactly what I was aiming for. And that's one of the things that in the, uh, in the process, uh, I, I think for so long when I was, uh, you know, in my twenties and, and, you know, you think, well, I'm going to make it big and going to write this, you know, 400 page novel that's going to be the next whatever. And then you sit there and you spin your wheels forever and you never, you never come up with anything original. You can never really get anything off the ground. That's kind of how I was. Right. And then when I finally like stopped and I was like, just tell a simple story. Like you've, I'm sitting there like giving myself a pep talk. You've never written a book before. Like don't <laughs> expect to write a classic <laughs> on your first try. Um, which, uh, I, I definitely didn't. This is like maybe the 50th story that I've written. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, that'll be a good one. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things that when I, when I simplified it and I was like, you don't have to add all these things. You don't have to try to be like Tolkien. You don't have to try to be like all of these other great authors who are, who are great in their own right and in their own way. Um, just, just be, be you, you yeah. and be simple and just try to tell a fun, engaging story. And that's, that's all I've tried to do. How do you and, decide the age that you're writing for? Cause you can, you can sit down and you say, you know what, we're going to write for somebody that's 12 and up. We can say, we're going to write something that's truly just for adults. Or you could say it's a general audience. Anybody, you know, you can pick it up at six or seven years old and be hooked. How do you how do you go through that process? So um, for me, I you know I, I teach freshman English, and I think a big part of of doing that has shown me um, kids kids who want to read or like kids who find something that they want to read will read, but it's got to be something that's high interest. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and that's the age where you make read just like anything else, that age when they're young in high school, that's where you're going to form those, you know, the, those habits of, are you going to be a reader? Are you going to do that? I mean, you can do it later in life. It's just a lot harder. Um, and so trying to find something that, uh, trying to write in a way that would be appealing to, a younger audience, but also um, the adults can kind of look at it and maybe remember some of those, uh, those old feelings that they had when they read Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit or Harry Potter or something like that. And so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I was going for. Um, the big thing is I've got like a million nieces and nephews and my cousins that are like my, my first cousins, their kids, like, I've got a huge family of young kids and um, it was probably about 10 years ago. I thought, you know, one day I would like to write something for that's really geared toward the kids of the family that they can grow up with and read and enjoy and look back on and be like, Oh, you know, uncle Zach, he, he, he wrote that. And then when I started having my own kids, it was like, you know, just that I was just re-energized by it. And I thought, you know, I, I've got to stop talking about it and thinking about it and just write, you know, cause I've got the ideas, I've got what I want to say for the most part. Um, you know, I just need to write, put in the work and write. And when I did that, 
Are we, everything just flowed. Are we legal pad? Are we like uh, Chevy Chase and Funny Farm where he's typing on the typewriter? <laughs> <laughs> are you on the on the Chromebook? What are you doing? Uh, on, I use my laptop, um, Chromebook, and then there are even... Mo- I'll say this, that most of the actual writing that I do is um, laptop or Chromebook. And then if I have editing, I do it all in Google Docs to start. And then I move it over to Microsoft Word because th- that's what... Most editors, professional editors that you send it to, they prefer it in Microsoft Word because it fits better with the software that they use. Sure. But I use Google Docs and I write chapter by chapter. Um, and so I'm actually able to, so if I need to edit something or change something, I just get on my phone. And uh, there was one day, uh, it was over fall break this year as I was editing some things and, and writing a little bit, finishing this book up. Um, Joseph was, he was taking a nap and he was laying, he was laying on my chest and I had my phone and I was like, I don't really want to watch anything on TV, but I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking. And so he's laying there asleep on my chest and I'm, you know, typing away on my phone, writing this book. So it's just, you know, those things that, um, yeah, I was going to ask you, you about, about that. Funny. Like if, do you, if you set, um, a certain amount of time, because I have heard of people who are like, I'm, in the middle of this project and I know that from 7 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. that is the time that I'm dedicated to writing. So did you did you pick out a dedicated time like that or was it more of just like if you found time, you already had the story in, you, in your head and you were just going to write it down when you had a moment? Yeah, I, uh, I envy the people who can say I'm going to have a scheduled time to write because... <laughs> uh, that that it, that would be very nice. Um, I try to how, do that. How old are your two kids? Uh, Joseph is two, and then Katie is six months old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> Becca takes care of the kids pretty well, though, for the most part. So well, that that sounds bad so for, <laughs> for the whole part. Sorry. Generally speaking, sorry. the kids the kids are fed and have yeah, clean diapers, yeah, and yeah. It, it trains run on time. I know that I I think about that. I made a remark one time whenever my son was like two or three months old that my wife Audrey was doing a good job of like it, taking care of him at night because I have a high stress job mm-hmm. and then it, I realized like that just made it sound like yeah. I just sleep yeah. all the time yeah. and Audrey gets up every night and yeah. it feeds him but but um. I still think about that all the time. <laughs> You're still apologizing. It's like almost two years ago. It's like, man, I really dogged on myself. <laughs> but there, there was, there, there is, uh, there was a period of time there where, um, you know, if we could get the kids to bed at a consistent time, I would stay up two, sometimes three hours after that and just write. Um, but for the most part, it was, uh, you know, it, you just try to find, try to find the time. That's where a lot of the writing occurred. And then some of it is a lot of it's just whenever you can do it, do it. And so that's where like yeah. editing on your phone and even a little bit of writing on my phone kind of occurred. So yeah, I do my own uh, fantasy stuff after the kids go to bed. And by that, I mean, play, <laughs> I mean, Zachary Bertram. Are you are you awake over there? Yeah. By that I mean play Skyrim. I mean that's, yeah, you're not that's helping yourself with Audrey. <laughs> Poor Audrey. 
She has first she has to tend I, to Dakota's fantasies and she has to get up and take care of the baby. Uh-huh. I we have a, I built a bench that sits on the end of our bed. Oh really? And I just sit there after the after Jackson's marketplace play. a couple months ago. Uh, yeah, I, I do remember seeing this bench. Uh, you sold it under your pen name. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the worst gaming setup that you've ever seen in your life because my, my kid broke uh, one of the Xbox controllers by like he th- chucked it off the bed and now there's a little plastic piece that's broken off inside of it and whenever you try to hit the left trigger it doesn't depress all the way so you can't use it. You know they will sell you more. Yeah, but they're like $57 for a wireless Xbox controller. I don't have that kind of money just laying around. So I had to go buy a wired one. And it only and it's like it doesn't even touch the floor by the time it gets to the the bench at the end of the bed. And I just <laughs> sitting there with the constant tension of the cord with cheap headphones on and playing <laughs> video games on a too big of a TV screen. It's just it's pathetic. It's it's really sad. Well, someday we're going to be playing Zach's games. That's right. We'll if you be- got this all worked out, you're going to do the, f- the full series of four in a row, and then you're going to bring... I, I assume the best strategy is to go down to Comic-Con and get a booth, yeah. and then have all of the nieces and nephews come and stand in line at the booth yeah. to get things to, to prime yeah. the pump. Yeah. So that they're like, oh my God, yeah, I got to like, meet like, this guy. Yeah, this is- yeah, who is this? And then, yeah, and then you're an overnight success, success at Comic-Con. And then that's where they were like, oh, I want the movie rights. Oh, and then yeah. we'd get the movies done. And so that's like one of those every two years. So that's we're talking 12 years down the line. We can have you in a video game to 13 to 14 yeah. years, Dakota. Two years of video game development. Yep. Yeah, but if you uh, give Perfect. it to Bethesda, then... 2042. <laughs> they'll take another 12 years to develop. 2032. Yeah. 2032, yeah. we're going to be playing. You got it all planned out. That's, I'm, I'm into that, it. I'm into it. It's the dream. Let's, I, I was going to say, are you, are you, this is, you That's know, back of your mind, is this what we got planned? Is this the, is this the, the thoughts? You know, it, it, it's funny because when you, I just want to know how quickly you're going to be unbookable. So I've been, I've been, you know, living in this fantasy world that I've created and I, I just wonder how much of it's bleeding over to this world because I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, I could be, you know, have a movie series one day and all that. And that, that would be awesome. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, next thing you know, Zach's going to be one of those guys that's talking about the secret. He's like, I'm just manifesting all these things in the universe, <laughs> just like George Washington did. And that's how he crossed myself, it over. What was it, Jim Carrey, that said, he said something like, I wrote myself a check for $5 million. <laughs> to be able to cash out a yeah, second on your 30, 40th birthday? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a, there's a, Jim Carrey made a TikTok. I don't want to brag, but I think I could write a check for a thousand dollars and it would cash this week. <laughs> he, uh, he, Jim Carrey made a TikTok where he he said uh, he like acted like an old man, and he goes, "I'm 60 and feeling fine." And then they play it. There's a clip afterwards of him on Dave Letterman in the 90s when he goes, "One of these days, I'll be able to look in the camera and say I'm 60 and feeling fine." <laughs> <laughs> what an odd dude. You're not. The, I don't think you go that route, Zach. I don't, <laughs> just you know, see, keep p- paving your own path, and 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 you'll do much better. Yep. You won't. You won't be a, a crazy guy on TikTok. So let's talk about the how you get to market with it. So the, I, you know, I I don't have. I, it takes left brain and right brain to do this, right? So yeah. right brain is the creative side where you're making these decisions and you've, you're making maps and you're making characters and all of this, and that's awesome. 
mm-hmm. and that works really well mm-hmm. once the entire system's spun up and and you're you're on your way. But you have to go from being Zach Lee, English teacher, to ZB Lee, published author. How do you get there? How do you how do you get noticed? How do you get it out there? How does that part work? That is. Um that's the hard part because you know you read you you read the statistics and it's like there's you know a thousand new books uh, self published every day and stuff on Amazon and things like that and so it can be real intimidating. But, Same thing in the podcast world, but, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But <laughs> three white guys sitting around with a producer—that's called a podcast. <laughs> it's just one of those things where you—it's it, a long road, and so. Um, for me, I just, my, my dream ultimately was that one day I would be a published author. And so I've done, even if it's self-published a lot of these days, I think that the stigma should be pretty much gone because if you are willing to pay enough money, (laughs) not in like a, you know, there are some places that are kind of like scammy, but like if you find the right people and you can pay a good, you know, amount of money, um, then you can have a very quality product and self-publishing. We're in a completely different world for content creators, whether it's yeah. a digital content creator making YouTube videos, Facebook videos, podcasts, if you're writing on blogs, writing for, for digital media, mm-hmm. or if you're writing books, this is this is absolutely 100% professional looking yeah. book, right? Uh, and I know that it's available digitally as well. Yeah. So if somebody wants to get it right yeah. now, this second, it's on Amazon.com. Yeah, and tomorrow it'll actually be um, it'll actually be on Amazon for free. So that's another thing with Amazon when you uh, publish with them. If you go through their KDP Select, which is Kindle Direct Publishing, um, if you enroll in that program, you get so many days that you can promote your book. Uh, for for free and people can get those free downloads and th- that's a key part of it. It's really weird because people um, they're like, oh yeah, I want to buy your book and I'm, I'm like, that's great. I-, I want you to buy my book, but also go ahead go and, get your and download this free. Download this for free. That way you can take it with you wherever you go, and it also you know pumps my numbers up. It's always good to to have that, and mm. so that you know that's what kind of puts you in the. Amazon algorithm that primes the pump with Amazon yeah. to see and what kind of demands out there, right? Getting, getting reviews, getting reviews. Um, I read something that said, if you get 50 reviews on Amazon, then, um, you start that kind of, uh, they put you in like certain newsletters or emails that they send out. Uh, you get put in like the also bought, you know, customers who bought this also bought this. And so you got to hit some of those marks and, um, you know, but for me, that's the hard part because I love the creating and the writing. And Jeremiah, you you know, I, I hate asking people for money. <laughs> <laughs> I ran I, when I ran for office. That was like my that's like my biggest it's weakness. Every is, candidate's kryptonite, my guy. It's like I, I can't. You know, I hate asking for money. But now I can ask for money, and I will give you something of value <laughs> in return. Not that you know, if you would have sent me to the state house in 2016, you would have gotten some good value out of that. But you know, I, I've let it go. <laughs> <laughs> there's, listen, there's a lot of you got a lot of opportunities left to write books and to run for office. But yeah. But the so what people can do then if they're if you're listening to this and you're you're tweaked you're interested you can grab the digital download you're saying mm-hmm. so starting January 28th yep uh, jump on Amazon.com get the digital download that helps you out yep read it thumb through it give it the five star review no four no three star four star treatment here people <laughs> let's let's give them five stars and get them off and running <laughs> support the hometown guy and then 
buy the book too, right? Buy the you yeah. know, and then buy the buy the paperback copy as well. Yeah, the paperback copy is is uh, nine ninety nine. So I I just tried to uh, you know as far as pricing that I thought you know ten bucks. You know a lot of people get those. Uh, you you win a ten dollar Amazon gift card at a Christmas party. You know at, at your office or something. I figured. You know that would be a good way to to spend it. Ten bucks so, isn't too bad, I don't think. So are you? I was shocked. Are you're not I, I mailing was. label? You're not you and you are not at home stuffing envelopes and mailing these out. Amazon's helping out with some of this a, part a, too. Amazon, yeah, that's the great thing about it is that uh, everything is print on demand, and so as it's being ordered, Amazon they create it and send it out, and and it's great. You know, I order author copies um, and. So they give it to you at like the print cost, yep. but you have to wait like three weeks before you get it. Cause I ordered a couple copies and I just got them like last week, I think, and everybody else had gotten theirs. And so, you know, it, that's all part of it though. But um, yeah, Amazon, they, it's great. I, I like using Amazon. There are some other, uh, there are some others out there. Uh, that will distribute and I'll look into that when I get, you know, further out into it and wanting to get into like bookstores and things like that. Um, there's a couple companies that distribute that way. Uh, and, and so I would look into those as that comes, but right now I'm just kind of focused on you're in the world's largest bookstore hitting the, yeah, yeah you're, yeah. you're going to be just fine. I, I, again, something else I read was like 97% of 97% of book sales, go through um, Amazon and Kindle and all that. So it's like, you know, if you hit the big ones, then like we had John Orivitz on who uh, formerly was at ESPN and he's written a couple of major books in the last couple, in the last two years. And I think he, you know, he's on Amazon Mm -hmm. and then he was through Octane press, which was racing side, you know, specifically to the motorsport side, but Mm -hmm. no matter what book, you know, it's the same path Mm -hmm. for almost everybody we've talked to that's in this space. Are you in uh, like, the Newcastle library or anything like that yet? No, I've, uh, I've contacted the, the library and I, this summer I'm planning on doing, uh, I think they have like a Tuesday teens reading program in the summer. And so, uh, I I'm planning on making a visit there, um, and then trying to find some other local opportunities. Um, I wanted to do the, they've got the Renaissance Festival, I think, at the end of the mm-hmm. summer, but I have to go to a wedding that day, so I won't be able to. How dare uh, they? Make it. Yeah. Is that considered important? How dare they get married on the day of the, Rena- of the Newcastle Renaissance <laughs> Festival? <laughs> you're, you're not going to be able to LARP. Or is it LARP? What is it? LARP? LARP? Live action role play. There we go. Um, yes. Yeah, we. Uh, we went last year. It was a really cool festival. It was like, it was, I was super impressed by like how all out everything I have was. a cousin who does it professionally in, in uh, Wisconsin or Minnesota huh. up in the, up in the great white North. Like, could you imagine Thanks. being one of the guys that's jousting? Like you're like, you're like, you just get into like playing pretend and then all of a sudden your life is at risk. <laughs> All right. Here, here's the, here's the tough question. ZB Lee. Have the, have the kids that you're teaching gotten a hold of the book yet? Uh, a couple of them have. I, uh, have they, have they found any errors? Cause I feel like, I feel like if I was, if so my critical. English teacher wrote a book <laughs> yeah. and I could get my hands on it and find a misplaced semicolon, 
<laughs> I would have my red pen and I would slap it down on the desk Monday morning. So I want to know, is like, anybody you know, minus? That's the, great thing. <laughs> that's the great thing about the process is the way that I did it this time around. Anyway, um, I went through a developmental editor who kind of looks at the story and they try to help you figure out some things that make sense or maybe don't make sense and maybe rearrange some of the plot if you need to. Yep. And then you go to um, a copy editor who in line editor, which they look at it line by line. They make sure that er- your details are consistent. They make sure that, you know, they, they do all the, you know, crossing your T's and dotting your I's, that kind of thing. And then you send it, then I send it to a proofreader to check, you know, the copy editor and you get very few changes there. And, um, you know, I look at it and I'm like, okay, this, this looks pretty good to me. I don't see any, uh, I don't see any mistakes. When here. you're looking at it, though, you just at some point you have to glaze over. You're like, I yeah. can't find anything wrong with this. Yeah. Like, you've looked at it a million times and you're you're not going to see it yeah. with your and, own eyes. And then I flip through and I go to. You know, <laughs> see, I knew that you'd find one. <laughs> I, I go to one, I can't remember where it is, but I go to I go to one page and I'm like, oh wait a minute, that word's supposed to be hyphenated and it's not. So like, it's not something that most people are going to catch. Um, but you know, you do, I've, I've done that with, uh, with, with a lot of books. That's why, you know, Tolkien, he printed so many editions of, of his books because there was, I mean, of course his was a massive, you know, work that he was doing. And so, um, it's just one of those things that it doesn't matter how many rounds of editing it goes through, whether it's yourself or other people, there's always going to be something that you find in but. the, in the world renowned screenplay threat, level midnight by Michael Scarn. <laughs> Uh, there's a Dwicked, and nobody knows who Dwicked is, but it, it's, it's sometimes these things just slip by. Michael Scorn. But, uh, yeah, so I, I haven't had any, I haven't had any students, uh, come to me and give me a B minus on it yet. <laughs> um, well, once they listen to the BHOL podcast, yeah, they're going to go find that. The, yeah. They're going to dig in. Maybe they, maybe they should it. get extra credit Yeah, if they can find errors. Maybe they yeah, should get some that, extra credit. That, that's, that's like, cool that, that's the hard thing because like I've, I've told my students about it and, but like, I'm trying to like toe that line of, you know, is this unethical? Oh, like push this on my yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, Hey, it's out there, you know? So I have a team of juvenile proofreaders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unpaid labor. Just, your English assignment today is to go through this chapter. <laughs> I need your red lines back by three o'clock this afternoon. Instead um, of uh, instead of buying Kleenex boxes for extra credit like we used to when I was in school, um, yeah. if you buy my book, then <laughs> I, I feel like that would be some kind of violation. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to pitch a story idea to you, and you tell me if you think this might be able to go somewhere. Picture it's the it's January, 1978. There are Mopar cars as far as the eye can see in a small East Central Indiana town, <laughs> and and it's a it's a it's a tough people that can handle anything. They're hardy. They're they're a hardy. They eat beef stew. Mm. They're surrounded by rain trees. They don't even have cornbread. And I I think that they still have. I, best I can tell, I, there's probably it, it, we're in an era where there are still. There are still Plymouths on the road and also people with horse and buggies that go uphill both ways to school and to the mine to, to do their coal mining or whatever the hell they do. <laughs> uh, but they're hardy people. And they get 15 inches of snow in 24 hours. 
do you think exactly do you, this is do you think there's a story there <laughs> I, you know I think there's a story there that could that could just live on. I think it's a timeless classic, <laughs> a generational it will, a tale. It will never die. You know, you're, you're you know, in uh, 1998, kids, kids will be people, telling people about it. 1998, people will be going 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Burcham, do you think there's a, do you think there's something there? Do you think do you think that the local audience would would embrace this story as their own? Like a mighty stallion that couldn't be beat to death. <laughs> this might be the book we write together, uh, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> a classic tale. See, I, I have a couple of other, one more thing I wanted to ask you about. And this is something that's interested me for a while. As I've heard, um, you know, I've always been into video games. Um, I've always been a big reader, especially fantasy. Like, you're talking about you're a freshman teacher. When I was a freshman, sophomore in high school, this is definitely something I would have picked up. Um, and I've like, whenever I dig my teeth into something, I get, I have a tendency to get really obsessed. So like, I'll look, I'll read a book and I will get obsessed with that author and I will listen to every interview that they did. I'll read columns that they wrote in newspapers. And that's just how my brain is. And uh, something that I've always heard, authors talk about is the muse and just describing it as like a thing that like Stephen King described the muse as a ghost that comes in the night and nobody really knows where the ideas come from. And I want to know like what your opinion is. Like, do you just get this idea and do you think it's like, it's just meant to be there do you think that you get the idea because of being raised on fantasy novels yourself? What do you think? What do you think it is? That that's a really good question. I, I think that there's definitely something to it. You you don't know where the idea really comes from, but I think that um, you know one thing that I've that I looked at during this process because my biggest thing was when writing, not being able to, uh, the thing that would stop a lot of my projects was that I was not able to um, kind of see the end and see the plot. And so uh, I might have a good spark of an idea, but I couldn't, there wasn't something sustaining that all the way through. And so as I looked into uh, things like, um, you know, monomyth and the hero's journey, which would be like Jordan Peterson talks like, Nonstop like about that kind of stuff. The archetype of yes. a hero defeating a chaotic force. And so, like, I, I, I truly believe that um, because of, you know, and I think it's not just being raised on fantasy. I think it's uh, just the culture that I was in, in the household that I was raised in where, you know, we did kind of have the traditional view of life of, you know, the, like the typical American, like, you know, go out, work hard and make your dream happen, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that there's something to that. I think that there's something to, um, my faith that I was raised in. I think that, uh, whether it's, I think some things are definitely consciously in there that I am thinking like, this is part of my, these are part of my beliefs and my values, um, but right, I think like that there's that a lot of unconscious journey of the good emerging to conquer chaos and then 
delivering the good to their community after mm-hmm. the journey. Yeah. That that is a like a central tenet of an Abrahamic religion. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of uh I think initially that was an unconscious thing or maybe a subconscious thing that I was doing as I was writing, but I think as it became more conscious as I studied it and looked at it, I think it made me more aware and so it made me better at writing that kind of a story because I knew what I wanted to do and I knew where I wanted to go with it. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's really hard to, to say where the ideas come from. I think I, uh, I was writing some of my own notes here and I was thinking about it today and, uh, it's funny because the idea came to me, the idea for this specific story came to me as I was mowing the yard in the summer. You're going to say in the shower and no, (laughs) some of the best are mowing the yard. Oh yeah. I've solved all the world's problems mowing the yard. It's prime prime podcast listening time as far as I'm concerned. It is. And so I think that, you know, with, with, with that, um, yeah, I, I honestly don't know where it comes from. Uh, I couldn't pinpoint it. But I know that it's it's something in my environment that I was raised in and that I'm part of. For sure. So this book wouldn't exist if you didn't buy the bigger yard. <laughs> when you moved to the know. new house yeah. and got the big yard. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Postage stamp down at Sunnyside. You just don't have time. <laughs> and then uh, There's not enough time to write a book. One, one other thing that I'm interested in is with the map of your world of Articus. Um I just said that I play Skyrim. I've been playing Skyrim. I be, I played Oblivion before that. I've been playing Elder Scrolls for 12 years of my life. So what the Elder Scrolls has done is created this world and in each different, like they've been able to create different series, different stories line mm-hmm. and moved it into a different part of the map. Is that is that kind of what you're doing? Or is that something that you could see happening in the future yeah uh right now i i have um in this initial series what i've got planned out is there's a few spots on the map that uh johan and the rest of them will uh, kind of take their journey uh take their journey through and then um but i have some of the ideas that i've kicked around are uh, maybe overlapping somebody else's story in this um, different culture over here, taking a different hero and having them have their own set of problems and own set of issues, but still in that same, in that same world. And there may be some overlap or I may just decide to like set it way in the future from the point of this story or something like that to where they're yeah, not there's totally an connected. Infinite amount of possibility. Do you mention yeah. a year in your fantasy? And since this is fantasy, obviously you don't have, a, have to have a timeline, but do you mention a year that this exists in? Uh, no, that's actually one of the things, uh, a creative decision you're able to make. Yeah. I like the, uh, ambiguity of the time because, um, as you read it, you'll obviously you'll notice like, okay, they, and if you look at the characters, you think, well, it kind of looks like maybe like a typical medieval type of, you know, thing, but it also has like, um, hover pods and stuff like that. So it's a little bit, there's some futuristic seeming elements. Now it explains how that stuff works in the story. 
a little bit, but even if you look at some of the details and like, and this is how detailed I get, I, I, I get when I think about the world, it, uh, the world that I've created is I've thought, um, you know, when you look at the details of the character designs, even in the clothing, you can see that even though some of it looks like older, maybe medieval or Renaissance, whatever, uh, in the details, there are some things that you would notice that you'd be like, well, they wouldn't have had that in that time. And so it creates like this ambiguity of you don't know what time it's in. And I actually got that more from, I used to love the anime um, Dragon Ball Z. And I remember watching that as a kid and everything in it was like super futuristic and all that. And then all of a sudden you would see like a dinosaur. Yeah. Or they're like wearing like old style clothes and you're just like, like, okay, they they developed society and then we lost it all. You don't know if it's forward, backwards, what it is. Yeah. I I mean, I kind of know it. I kind of know what it is. I haven't fully, um, when somebody asks me the setting, um, my idea is that it is a uh, a lost continent on our world that's just in a diff. It's in a different time. I, I, I can't. Have you ever uh, listened to the? <gasps> this is we have. This is the. This is the the thing we almost named the the deer after. The island people. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Jun, uh, uh, that was the guy's name. We should have the damn poll failed us remember because the, we don't remember the, the guy's missionary name. Missionary that went to the uh, visit the uncontacted tribe and got killed. Oh yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, do you remember his name? I don't, but we I almost remember named John it. Chow. John Chow. That was his name. North Sentinel Island. Yeah, North the, the Sentinese. North Sentinese people. We almost made, named the the deer on the wall John uh, Chow. Until you it, tell me otherwise, this deer. is another North Sentinese island. Is, your world takes place there. <laughs> I, I, I kind of had like society. I kind of had like a uh, like a like a type of Atlantis type of thing where it's like this lost world that nobody you know really knows where it is or anything like. You that. You ever listen to the show? It's a podcast called Hello from the Magic Tavern. I've heard of it, but I have not. It's a. I've not listened. It's a. The premise is there's a guy in Chicago and he's going through the Burger King drive-through, and then a portal to an alternate dimension opens up, and it's basically like the Dungeons and Dragons dimension. Oh, okay. And he had his podcast equipment in his car whenever he went through the portal, and he sits down <laughs> in the Magic Tavern every week, and he talks to the crazy Dungeons and Dragons characters that come in. So there's like a wizard named Usador the Blue, and there's a a beaver named a talking beaver named Chunt, <laughs> and it's a it's just hilarious. That's, but I kind of get like yeah. uh, what you're saying about like the lost continent or like a different time. Like I I feel a lot of that with uh, what they were trying to do, yeah. like trying to explain how this could be in the same world. The truth is, it's it it's actually. Um it's it's an actual world. It's actually what's going on on Antarctica. You know, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, Have you heard some the of green, those conspiracy theories? Antarctica. No, I. That, that, I people I'm say still, there's like a, secret societies. I'm and still like, working. Yeah, the birds are real. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see the video of the Gen Z kid that like ha- he has the van that has the birds aren't real stickers all over it? Yes. Do you see the interview he gave on the news? No, you have to look it up. It's so funny because 
they ask him about the birds aren't real. And he's like, it's not just about Gen Z believing in conspiracy theories. And he takes a drink of water and then he starts choking on the water <laughs> <laughs> live on the air. And they just cut away from him and start showing uh, footage. And, like you hear him gagging in the background. It's so funny. Drop the uh, drop the video in the Patreon for us. I will. All right. So let's uh, let's start to wrap this this uh, this one up. Be, we'll be tidy tonight. All right. We'll, we'll come back. Well, it's to, about that time. We'll come back to Zach and, and we'll do the uh, we'll do the final thoughts and the uh, the promotion. Uh, other Zach, Zachary B. You can catch Zach at Zach Bertram at the uh, Newcastle Renaissance Festival this fall. He'll be promoting the Magicians of Isavar book by Z B Lee. Am I? I share two of those initials. <laughs> yeah, that's, what I'm, that's yeah, what I'm saying. It's a perfect last, fit. But, I don't know. I don't know my camping schedule yet. <laughs> <laughs> Chase Payton has gotten in the way of one of my indie car races I want to go to this year, so I'm devastated. Getting married? Yeah, what a jerk. Yeah, how dare he? <laughs> Everybody Jeremiah knows gets married on either a race weekend or in the month of May, and they should all just know better. It's only like seventeen I weekends. Didn't. I well, thank you for getting married in the off season, Dakota. You're welcome. Oh no, I've got nothing. <laughs> Shovel your sidewalks, people. <laughs> are you are you ready to ready to go winter camping at Zachary? No, I like, sent you a video of some folks that were up at uh, up in Tippecanoe County camping. Yeah, good for them. Like I, I've uh, been working overtime this week, and so uh, I leave in the dark. I get home in the dark. It's been cold. It's been kind of windy some days. I'm kind of over it right now. I just turned the furnace up in my house, so when I get home, it'll be a little warmer. But no, I'm not really that inspired. I'll, if I get my camper out in the winter, it'll be like late enough in the winter that I'm just not putting it back away. Yep. That's my that's my big March plan. All right, ZB Lee. ZBLee.com. Give you a follow on the tweeters, probably, I'm guessing. You, you promote this yep. thing on the... On TikTok, the, Instagram. Yep. Yeah. TikTok, Instagram. Um, actually, if you go to ZBLee.com and then you go to the contact me part... Uh, it literally has everything, all of my social media, Goodreads, Amazon. It'll take you directly to my Amazon page. Um, I've got all kinds of links on there that they all, they're all good. And so, yeah, zblee.com, uh, magicians of Isavar. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's been a great, a great process and hopefully I can, uh, get the story out some more. Um, I, I have to say, I noticed that in the in the chat, my siblings are getting after me for my, for the most part, comment. <laughs> that, that, that's just like a that's like one of those things when you say you know, like it's just yeah, yeah. for me, it's just like one of those ticks that I have, like a speaking tick or something. Um, so yeah, like for me, zblee.com. Um, I also do want to. Uh, shout out because you guys have talked about the bicentennial or the bicentennial. Bicentennial, yes. Um, Sports Corner Elite SCE is uh, making a bunch of the shirts for uh, for the Henry County bicentennial, and so my brother he, my brother Seth, he owns uh, is a co owner and kind of runs the store at SCE, and then um, 
I, I told them I would shout them out, so I got to remember everybody that I said. <laughs> Which I've only got two more. I just, you know, this is sure a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> You've got when seven you, pages when, of notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and those aren't on them. You and know, they're, all they're the front and back, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then both of my sisters, uh, they do a little small business called Sparrow and Lily. It's a lot of uh, handmade, homemade jewelry, um, really good quality stuff. Um, they're not in the mug space are they because we've got a we have an official mug supplier no they 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 don't do mugs it's <laughs> it's mostly um women's jewelry and, stuff like that. and then huh are they on etsy um i honestly don't know i know that they put their stuff on facebook and, and instagram and all that so uh and then um my sister-in-law uh trisha coger she's a hairstylist at tangles so, gotta shout out all the small businesses that my family's. If, if you're are in the part market of. for a hairstylist, check yeah. out Trisha down at the Tangles. Pretty sure I'm related to Trisha in some way. So we might we probably through. Well, probably through Chase. Yeah, it's through Chase. Yeah. yeah, my mom is a Coger. Okay, yeah, yeah. Doesn't he look like a Coger? You just look in their <laughs> eyes and see it. <laughs> I mean, me and me and Kate have a pretty good. Uh, actually, that's just the tattoos. Never mind. We don't I don't know. You look like all. your dad. Alyssa, <laughs> Alyssa Wilson, uh, sister, says, uh, no, but I do love Dakota's wife's mug. She has a few. She's oh, a proud Dante Daisy uh, purchaser. Oh, there we go. Were you at the field house last, uh, this last week for the Gavin Welch half court shot? Oh, I was at both games. Yeah. The, they, I was there for the win and I was there for the, for the loss that was, uh, the next night. We lost to Wapahani on a, on a similar shot. So yeah, I was there for both of those, and it was a it was a crazy, exhausting weekend. So <laughs> I didn't even go to Newcastle. I got excited. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was great. It was. Uh, I used to go to uh, a lot of the Newcastle basketball games because uh, one of two of my high school girlfriends went to Newcastle, and then also um, our shared youth pastor uh, growing up, Mark Slaughterbeck. Yep he would always make a point to go to the Newcastle game. So he was an educator as well. So he would, yeah. I would always just go like, like after my relationships ended with Newcastle girls, it was like, I'm just still going to go to the games <laughs> to hang out with Mark. Like yeah. Mark was the greatest. You go, for, you, it's a, it's a social thing. The basketball is yeah. fun too, but the field house is fair. I, I don't make like, it often, but I, we, we've been, you know, we try to I, get there once or twice a year at least. I go every year. I would go no matter what. I just, was raised on Newcastle basketball, but my dad, he helps. Um, he's an assistant coach for the varsity. So that just makes it even more yeah, intense for me. It's all in just, now. Yeah. Anything else for us, Dakota? Uh, I have a couple things. First of all, I want to thank, uh, I want to welcome Brian Nichols to Newcastle. Uh, Brian Nichols of the Brian Nichols show. He has moved here from uh, Philadelphia and all the way to Newcastle. The mean streets of Philly. You know, he came, this is a wild story, Zach. He came to a pool party of Jeremiah's this summer. This is why I've been telling Corey Murphy that I want a tax rebate for my, I want, (laughs) I I want to be incentivized for the stuff I do with my pool. And, and Brian decided abatement. I hate Philadelphia. I love Newcastle. I'm moving to Newcastle. So he bought, he just bought a Newcastle, sold his uh, house, bought one here and has officially moved here. Uh, Brian is going to be hosting the Brian Nichols show, uh, which is a, uh, a great show on the We Are Libertarians network. 
uh, here in this studio. He's in this building. In studio space with us. I'm really excited about that. Wanted to welcome him here. I had planned both times that he was moving. You have... You have avoided the man at every turn. Well, first Today of all, you invented. We had a six o'clock. You invented reason not <laughs> yeah. to be here. Every time every he's time. moved, we moved his stuff into storage. <laughs> we moved his stuff into his house. You're, nope, busy camp. He had to come and move his stuff into a storage unit before they took possession of their home, and they were planning on doing it on a Saturday. And I'm like, I'm all in. You know, I'll help you guys move. Well, there was a snowstorm that came through that Saturday. That Saturday, and they had to push it off until Monday. Monday, that Monday I had a tattoo appointment, wasn't able to work out. And then whenever they were moving into their house, they're like, we're going to start moving in at 9 a.m. I'm like, perfect. You know, that day was really perfect because my parents were watching Jackson anyway. So they were going to have him at that time regardless. So I'm like, this is working out great. And then I got a phone call and I had to go to work. And then tonight, we were supposed to meet up about the studio, and I got another phone call, and I had to go into work. It's just... Brian's going to think it's him. He's going to think it's him. It's so, not you, Brian. It's everybody in my life. You so know? Henry County is really drawing... You know, we're, we're becoming the hub for content creators. This is what we are... This is what we do. Future. This is what we do. That's true. It's okay. Zach pitched in. He he ran his three miles, and or four miles, whatever the hell he did, and then he came and lifted boxes with us. It was cold. <sighs> And he has some heavy stuff. <laughs> I think the Ikea stuff would be lightweight. He had some Ikea thing that was like, felt like it was built out of steel. And it was horrendous. My next tattoo appointment's not until July the 10th. So, he, he you had, know, we got plenty of time to get him moved into the studio. He had a, uh, a, uh, a king-size bed that, that took everything I had. A lot of heaving <laughs> and hoeing to get, to get that mattress up, up to the second floor of the... Uh, of the old 1900s, uh, it took three vintage home. It took him pulling, Jeremiah pushing, and then me trying to keep it from ripping the drywall off the ceiling. <laughs> <above>. <laughs> Folded a king size mattress like a taco, but it's in there now, and I think they're sleeping well. Uh, so yeah, welcome them in. So next week's show will be uh, the, as we call, dear leader. Yeah, it'll be the uh, the executive grand poobah of the We Are Libertarians Network, Chris Bangle. Uh-huh. Brian Nichols will be in studio. Dakota promises to show up. I'll be here. We'll be all be in the same room at the same time. I won't be here the week after that though. I won't so. either. We're dark. Yep. We're dark. We got. We're gonna take. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta pause for just a week. Yep. I have another thing to promote. My final thoughts. All right. And that is Audrey, my wife. Had we talked about the Dainty Daisy before with the tumblers? She launched a website a while ago. She's testing out a new um, way to sell her tumblers, and that's like putting out drops. Um, basically she's been making tumblers for about, um, a month to build up to this and she's been making them. She's been posting them in her Facebook group, the dainty daisy tumblers.com or actually it's dainty daisy tumblers.com on January 30th. She's going to be posting all of the tumblers that she has amassed over this month long period and dropping them at the same time. And it's first come first serve. They are all like kind of Valentine's Day adjacent. They're not like all heart themed or whatever, but they're, you know, she's got some pretty collars and she's also got some neutral ones. So men, you know, (laughs) guys, this is the perfect time to pick up a Valentine's Day gift, reasonably priced Buy a cup and a bottle of wine and call it good. That's it. I'm, I'm just saying it's perfect. That's your mission. Well, very good. That's all I have. The dainty daisy.com. 
DaintyDaisyTumblers.com. Yeah. The, the DaintyDaisy.com may be something different. It was already <laughs> taken, and it takes you to a site that says this website might be available, and I took the liberty of reaching out to that person, and they wanted me to pay $350 for that <laughs> domain name. It's like, yeah. How yeah. dare you? All right. Uh, final thing for me really quickly. It sounds like the, uh, the county council has been meeting tonight. Uh, and uh, county government has made some. One of the things that's been a, a story arc on the show since uh, since we started in 2017 was transparency mm-hmm. in local government. And over the course of time of folks running for office and, and things happening on the show, uh, we've continued to talk to candidates and now elected officials about having public access meetings at times where uh, the the general public can show up and get to a meeting on time and interact with their public officials. Uh, and getting high definition video in. So this last year, the all of the meetings have started getting streamed in the Henry County Courthouse. So the council meetings, the commissioners' meetings, etc., they're available. Uh, however, it appears that the uh, the council has gone to a three or three thirty uh, meeting time again. They were at six p.m. and now they have adjusted forward. They made they adopted that tonight for twenty twenty two. They have changed their meeting time, uh, and the commissioners have done something similar as well. I think they they, they meet twice a month. A month. Uh, they meet twice a month, and yeah. so they they have one normal Wednesday evening, and then they were going for nine a.m. But then they, this week they changed it again, so now they're back to eleven a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have a, a commissioner's luncheon uh, once a <laughs> month. Uh, so bring your subway sandwiches. Keep, uh, try to keep track at home. We'll watch it for you guys as well on the show. But uh, if you uh, if you're not happy with uh, with what's changed and the availability, then uh, then let them know, and maybe they'll reconsider. But uh, as of right now. The uh, the council sets their agenda as to when they're going to meet and how they're going to meet. So they're meeting in person uh, at either three or three thirty on Thursdays. So uh, what that does uh, open up is they probably won't be meeting the same time as this show is happening. So maybe we'll have more council members on if they stick with this. It's, you gotta, okay. We are we are a glass half full crowd. That's probably here. why they moved. They they that's, couldn't compete with yeah, this time it. slot. They're like man. No one's watching our live streams. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. With that, we will catch you guys next week.